Normal broadcasting has been discontinued. Coming to you from Portland, Oregon. The sports business capital of North America. Keep your radio tuned to this frequency. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. Now, your host. I tell you, I've never seen anything like that guy. Brian Berger. You have found the most informative hour of sports radio you'll listen to all week long and the only show in the country dedicated to covering the business side of sports. Thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule this week to tune in. In segment three, our good friend Rick Buecher, ESPN's NBA insider, he's going to join us to discuss what's become one of the biggest dramas in all of sports, Kobe Bryant. He's at odds with the L.A. Lakers, and he's making more headlines in Los Angeles than Paris Hilton. We're going to talk to Rick Buecher in segment three about Kobe Bryant. We're also going to preview this Thursday's NBA draft in New York. In segment four, a gentleman that we've been chasing for quite some time here on Sports Business Radio, Paul Allen, the chairman of the NBA's Portland Trailblazers and the NFL's Seattle Seahawks. You may recognize him as the co-founder of Microsoft with Bill Gates. This is one of the most diverse business people on the planet Earth. He doesn't do many interviews, but we got him this week. You're going to hear that in segment four. A couple of other notes. Visit our new and improved website at sportsbusinessradio.com. We are podcasting. Go to sportsbusinessradio.com and just go to the podcast page. I'm joined in studio by Nathan Roach. Nathan, what a great opportunity this week to sit down with Paul Allen. He doesn't do many interviews, and he's one of those rare gentlemen who owns two sports teams. Well, yeah, and I know you've been chasing him for about three years since this show started. He's one of the key guys that you wanted to bring on the show. And what a difference a couple years make. Three years ago, Paul Allen's situation was a whole lot different than how he's sitting right now. Yeah, you're right. I mean, in the last year, he has reacquired the Rose Garden. They had that tremendous draft last year where they got Brandon Roy and LaMarcus Aldridge. So good things going on for the Trailblazers. We'll catch up with Paul Allen in segment four. We also broke some big news this week. Greg Oden, the potential number one pick of the Portland Trailblazers, signed a shoe deal with Nike. A lot of people say big men don't sell product, but I think Oden's different. He's got a much better personality than Tim Duncan or some of these other guys, and I think Nike's going to be happy with the results, and I think they got him for a lot less money than someone like Kevin Durant will be paying. Oh, I, I completely agree, and look at Yao Ming. Whoever says big men don't sell shoes, look at Yao Ming and what he's done. My last thing before we go to our break, I've got two bones to pick this week. One is with Adam Pacman Jones. He's going to find himself caught in the cross lights. And then Major League Baseball Commissioner Bud Selig. This guy every week does something that just gets under my skin. Once again, he's gotten under my skin again this week. And we're going to talk about that coming up next in our headline segment. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. Don't go anywhere. This is Brian Berger from Sports Business Radio. I know many of our listeners dream of a job in the sports industry but don't know where to begin. To me, it's an easy call. Go where sports business education got its start, at the Warsaw Sports Marketing Center at the University of Oregon. As the first business school in the country to offer undergraduate and graduate programs themed around this multi-billion dollar industry, the Warsaw Center offers a unique blend and strong general business training. Sports business curriculum taught by industry experts and rich out-of-classroom experiences, including real-world consulting projects, study tours, and internships. With a strong industry and alumni network and a staff dedicated to accelerating your career, the Warsaw Center has a proven track record of placing students in teams, league offices, corporate sponsors, marketing agencies, sports media, and sports shoe and apparel firms. 
But like any elite team, there's only a few spots on the roster. To learn more, visit sportsbusinessradio.com for a link to the center's website. The Warsaw Sports Marketing Center. Passion, integrity, and leadership in sports business education. Back to Sports Business Radio with Brian Berger. It's time for this week's Sports Business Radio headline, sponsored by the Warsaw Sports Marketing Center at the University of Oregon. Visit warsawcenter.com for more information. Headline number one. We broke the news right here at Sports Business Radio on the blog, sportsbusinessradio.com. On Thursday, Greg Oden, who will likely be the number one pick in the Thursday NBA draft, signed with the Portland Trailblazers. He signed with a rather big company right in the backyard of Portland, Oregon. Nike. Nike. Swoosh. Swoosh. So, you know, it's interesting. There's been so much talk, especially by us, about where is Oden going to sign? Where is Durant going to sign? Uh, as of this moment, we don't know where Kevin Durant's going to sign. It's still 50-50 between Nike and Adidas. But Greg Oden, as we talked with Bill Sanders last week, Oden and Sanders visited the Nike campus. They came away impressed. Uh, Oden has a got uh, he's got a really good personality. Yeah, no, I mean he's been blogging, he's been showing his personality to people. It, it, what he's done for himself in terms of his marketability from the moment he left college until this point has been fantastic, and that's why he's getting deals and offers like this. More to come, I think. I would agree with you, Nathan. I bet you that he's made at least a million, if not more than that, from endorsement deals just from what he's done from the time he left college between his interviews and his blogging. And I think it makes a lot of sense for Nike because Odin will likely be in, in their backyard to sign the guy. Listen, if he's playing in Boston, Memphis, Atlanta, maybe they don't care as much about signing him. But now they're going to take their executives to games. Odin is probably going to be a guy that's wearing a blazer uniform for the next 10 to 15 years. You might as well get close to the guy. And by the way, Larry Miller, who was the Nike basketball VP and GM, became the Trailblazers president this week. So now you've got that relationship going between Nike and the Blazers, so it makes even more sense. Well, sure, and it's nice for Odin, too. He's now a big fish in a small pond. If he went to Boston or New York or L.A., he would have been a small fish in a big pond in terms of marketability. Our next headline, NBC ratings up 37.3% for last Sunday's U.S. Open. Angel Cabrera from Argentina uh, held on. He over he held off Tiger Woods and Jim Furyk. They finished one shot back. But listen, this is what happens. When Tiger Woods is in the mix, the ratings are good. Last year, if you remember at the U.S. Open, right after Tiger's father died, he missed the cut. So he wasn't in the mix, and the ratings weren't that great. It was Phil Mickelson's uh, epic collapse. But this week with Tiger in the mix, uh, ratings are pretty good for NBC. Well, I think the other reason that ratings are probably pretty good, other than Tiger being in, obviously that's the big, most important factor, but the fact that everybody was talking about how poor the course was and the controversy. People are attracted to controversy, and I think a lot more people tuned in, including myself, because of what Mickelson said. Well, and we also owe some congratulations to Tiger Woods and his wife, Ellen, who had a daughter this week. Uh, Sam Alexis Woods was born this past Monday. So uh, that's good news. And, you know, it actually could influence the outcome of the golf season because now it's more likely that Tiger's going to compete in the British Open and the PGA Championships. Well, we'll see. He's, his number one priority right now, and he said this all along, is to be a father. So it'll be interesting to see how long he stays with her. Our next headline, a deal between Yankees DH Jason Giambi and Major League Baseball under which Giambi would speak to Major League Baseball steroid investigator George Mitchell was announced this week. 
Per the deal, Jambi will cooperate on the condition that he is asked questions only about his own steroid use, his Balco grand jury testimony in 2003, and general questions about performance-enhancing drugs. Giambi will not speak about other players as part of this agreement. Nathan, here's my bone to pick. Jason Giambi made a statement, and he said, I did some stuff in USA Today a few weeks ago. Well, here's a guy that, yes, he's blaming Major League Baseball, but you know what? He's right. They should be blamed. Bud Seelig has turned a blind eye to the steroid era. Now he wants to make Jason Giambi the pariah. He wants to crucify this guy and say, hey, look at this little investigation we've had going on for two years with George Mitchell. Now we got someone. Everyone knows that Giambi has done steroids, that Bonds has done steroids, that Sosa has done steroids, Canseco, McGuire. The list goes on. When are we just going to move on and admit that there was steroid use for 20 years in baseball? Well, I'm a little bit more sympathetic to Giambi because he has come out and said, well, I did stuff. At least he's alluded to the fact right. that he's done it. And if he were to rat out other players, it would just ruin his image again. Now people are starting to like him again, and they're like, well, at least he came out and talked about it. If he, if he ratted out one player, his image would be ruined all over again. Well, and the thing is this. If he says, okay, I use steroids and I did steroids this way, what is George Mitchell going to get that we already don't know? I mean, he's pretty much admitted that there's steroid use. You're not going to talk about other players. I mean, I don't understand what this investigation that George Mitchell has been doing for two years is going to provide. As we've said many times on the show, he doesn't have the hammer to throw one of these guys in jail or use the law against him because he just doesn't have that power. Meanwhile, we got Sammy Sosa hitting 600 home runs and Barry Bonds just a couple homers away from the uh, record. It's all a joke, and Bud Selig should take as much blame as anyone. I'd like to see him suspended. Our next headline, beginning with the 2008 season, Sprint is reportedly going to replace Nextel as the title sponsor of NASCAR's premier racing series. The series will be known as the NASCAR Sprint Cup Series. And this is going to mark the third time since 2003 that NASCAR's... uh, top series has changed names, Nathan. Well, yeah, and Sprint and Nextel agreed to a $36 billion merger in 2004, so it's to me it's not that much different than the two, but, you know, what is it, Winston was around for almost 20 years in the race, and this has only been four years. And our final headline of the week, more image problems for the National Football League. For an in-depth analysis of the week's PR nightmare, Sports Business Radio presents Caught in the Crosslights. Well, as we've said several times on this show, if you're NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell, this offseason has just been a nightmare for you. Between Michael Vick and Chris Henry and Tank Johnson and more Bengals getting arrested this week, now on top of this, you've got Pac-Man Jones once again Getting in trouble. Nathan, what kind of trouble did he find himself in this week? Well, he found himself in quite a bit of trouble. He's been suspended for the entire 07 season. He's wanted in questioning also for a shooting early Monday at DeKalb Country Strip Club that left one man with some pretty serious injuries. They don't think he was involved in the shooting, but some of his entourage were involved in the shooting. So this guy finds himself in the wrong place at the wrong time all the time. I mean, we saw what happened in Las Vegas, where, by the way, now there's felony counts against him. So he may be going to jail. I mean, forget about ever playing in the NFL again. This guy may be doing time. But here's my suggestion to Roger Goodell if he's listening to this show. Boot this guy out of your league. There was a 10-game suspension, then it was the full season. 
boot him out of your league. You will get full support from the players' union who wanted you to suspend him and Chris Henry and Tank Johnson for a year. Anyways, listen, all the other players in the NFL, they're embarrassed by these actions. They don't want the headlines to be about negative things going on with players in the league because there are a lot of guys, Peyton Manning, Warwick Dunn, LT, lots of guys out there, Drew Brees doing very good work. But in the media, I hate to say it, we tend to focus on the negative stuff. Well, every time one of these guys gets in trouble, especially Pac-Man Jones, it's bad PR for the NFL. And guess what? Pac-Man Jones is not going to get any better. He's not going to grow up. He can take out all the full-page ads he wants. It's not going to change. He's in bed with some bad, bad people, and it's not going to get any better. So I say cut your losses, throw them out of your league. Quite frankly, even when his suspension's over, Nathan— do you see any team taking a chance on signing that guy? No, I don't. And, you know, if you just compare it to any regular job, if you were an employee at an office and this kind of thing happened, you'd get fired. And the same thing, should be, they should be held accountable the same way we are at our day jobs. Well, and the thing that I guess really gets under my skin the most about this, and I wrote about this on the blog this week, there's a gentleman who was a bouncer at the Las Vegas strip club, the Minx. And he was the guy who was shot during that melee during NBA All-Star Weekend where Pac-Man Jones threw up $81,001 bills in the air expecting to get them back. So this bouncer has been shot. He's paralyzed for the rest of his life. This guy's not going to make any money. He's probably paying a ton of money in expenses. And why should someone like Pac-Man Jones have the ability to earn millions of dollars when that guy's sitting in a hospital bed and will never walk again? I've got a problem with that. No, I've got a problem with it, too. They should be held accountable. There's nothing else to say. So, again, the NFL, it is the premier property in the United States. They get more money for their TV deal than anyone else. And I think if you're Roger Goodell, you come out and you set a firm example and you say, listen— we're not suspending this guy for a year. He has repeatedly had offenses against our league. He's embarrassed us. He's out of the league for good. It's a lifetime ban. Well, you know what? Goodell has been so great since he started. He's, he's implemented all sorts of policies, and it wouldn't surprise me if he did do a lifetime ban. And like you said, the Players Union would support him on this. Well, Pac-Man Jones isn't the only drama going on in sports this week. Kobe Bryant and the Los Angeles Lakers, they're at odds. We're going to talk to Rick Buecher from ESPN about that very topic next. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. Sports Business Radio talks to the people who call the shots in the world of sports. My guest is Dallas Mavericks owner Mark Cuban. Let's go back to the year 2000, the year before you bought the Mavericks. They were 40 and 42. Fan interest was pretty lukewarm. When you bought this team, what did you see in this team? What was the potential that you saw to get them to where they are today? Probably none. (laughs) Brian Berger goes one-on-one with the biggest names. My guest is Dr. Miles Brand, the president of the NCAA. I think the reason why we have a BCS-type system in Division 1A and elsewhere we have playoffs is that the schools in Division 1A feel that the regular season is the most important aspect of football. Read the Sports Business blog and listen to SBR On Demand at sportsbusinessradio.com. See, I think that's the big thing. Sports Business Radio, Saturday (laughs) or online at sportsbusinessradio.com. What were the terms that got that big deal done? These guys know. Sports Business Radio. Well, I'm joined by a friend of the show, ESPN NBA insider Rick Buecher. Rick, uh, thanks for making time. My pleasure. As always, it's uh, certainly an interesting 
time of the year when business and sport uh, uh, cross paths probably in a bigger way than uh, it uh, almost any other time of the year. Well, and, you know, I wanted to have you on this week because you have covered Kobe Bryant for a long time. He talks to you probably more than anyone, and you know him very well. And this drama just keeps getting weirder and weirder. I mean, we see this video from a mall, I guess it was from May, that came out this week of Kobe slamming Andrew Bynum and Mitch Kupchak. The divide between the Lakers and Kobe keeps growing. You know, here's my argument, Rick. If I'm Jerry Buss, this is my meal ticket. I mean, this is a business show, so I've got to look at it from a business standpoint. Sure. If I trade Kobe Bryant, the people who are paying $100,000 for courtside seats, not so much anymore. My sponsors, my TV revenues. I already traded Shaq, a superstar, a corporation in and of himself. Can I trade Kobe Bryant no matter how much he throws me under the bus? You have to trade him because he's not going to play for you again. And. The damage has already been done. The, you, can, you can say you're looking at it from a business. Do you, as a businessman, decide, I am going to hand my franchise to my son, even though he has disem- demonstrated in no way, shape, or form that he is up to the task of successfully running my franchise? Uh, if, you, if you say blood is thicker than water, uh, familial ties are bigger than business sense, then you go ahead and you hand this to Jim Buss. And, and, and at the end of the day, it's not Mitch Kupchak, it's not Kobe Bryant, it's Dr. Jerry Buss's blind desire to keep the Lakers in the family that has put them in this position. And quite honestly, it's too late to say, I can't trade Kobe Bryant. You have to trade Kobe Bryant because Kobe Bryant no longer wants to be a Los Angeles Laker and has made it uh, abundantly clear that he will not put a uniform on again. Now, you can go ahead and test that if you want, in much the way the Philadelphia 76ers in some ways tested Allen Iverson's resolve and got to the point where they were forced into a fire sale. The Orlando Magic did the same thing with Tracy McGrady. Uh, the Toronto Raptors did the same thing with Vince Carter. In some ways, the Lakers did not anticipate the situation with Shaquille O'Neal, and we saw what happened there. So you can say, this is my meal ticket, and I can't trade him for business purposes, but you've already missed it. The, the key is, this is my meal ticket, so I am going to make sure he never has a reason to say, I want to be traded. That's good business. What has happened to this point, there's no turning back now. They just have to, they're in damage control. The house has been burned half down. You can't say, you know what, I'm not going to leave the kids alone with the stove anymore. That's already happened. you got to call the insurance people and take care of business okay again let me play devil's advocate kobe went through his trials and tribulations in colorado he has worked very hard to rebuild his image he has the number one selling jersey in the nba and in china he's got endorsement deals people have kind of come back to embrace kobe if he were to not put a uniform on and just try and sit out doesn't he undo all of the goodwill that he had done over the last year and a half or two years Very possibly, and it's why you've seen Kobe sort of all over the map in this desire to leave but not alienate the fan base, to somehow find a way to say to the fans of L.A., I love being a Laker, I love you, but I don't love this organization or where they are. And at the end of the day, winning means everything to me, and ultimately – 
winning means everything to Kobe Bryant, and if he has to torch his his uh, his reputation and his standing, well, there's a part of him that says, I've rebuilt it before. I can rebuild it again. And the bottom line is, I want to win. <laughs> and if I have to pay that price, then I'm willing to do it. So, again, your prediction on this is that Kobe Bryant has played his last game in a Los Angeles Lakers uniform because the divide between Kobe and the Lakers has now grown so big that even though Jerry Buss sees Kobe Bryant has his meal ticket, he still would, he's offended. He, he won't welcome him back into the family to put on a Laker uniform again. Well, no, Dr. Jerry Buss would love for him to come back. Is more than, is, in fact, the, the Lakers have gone through back channels to find out how can we broker this? What, what, uh, what has to be mended? And the answer they're getting is it can't be. There is no mending. There's you grasping the idea that this relationship is over, and while it puts you in a terrible position, because you know you can't get a player back of, of Kobe's ilk or his box office attraction, you nonetheless have to make the best of, of a bad situation and trade him. And the Lakers are slow to grasp that, and the problem is in being slow to grasp it, they are actually hurting themselves even more because if they embraced it right now, they could make an infinitely better deal going into the draft than they can if they get to September, say, and all the free agents have been signed, all the sign-and-trade deals have been signed, all the draft picks have already been incorporated into their teams, and now you're going to try to make a rebuilding move in dealing Kobe Bryant. Uh, that's, that's the situation that they face, and I'll be honest, if they don't make a deal sooner rather than later, it will only compound the problems that they have right now. Okay, but Rick, let me ask you this. Let's look at this, I guess, by the letter of the law. Kobe yes. Bryant has two years left on his contract. He's the only yes. player in the league with a no-trade clause in his contract. He cannot opt out for two more years. Yep. W- what's his leverage here? Am I missing something? His leverage is I'm not going to show up and play. So how does having me on the team and making it abundantly clear that I, am, I have no intention of playing for the Lakers, how is that going to help you business-wise next year? How did suspending Allen Iverson indefinitely help the Philadelphia 76ers? You're, you're just in an infinitely worse position. I mean, this idea that, that uh, well, we just won't trade him and he'll come back and everything will be okay. No, it won't. Kobe Bryant is set on, is set on not being a Laker anymore, and... There are other guys that, 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 look, they wouldn't take this harsh a stand. They wouldn't be willing to torch their, their, their reputation uh, to get what they want. Kobe Bryant has demonstrated time and time again that he will do whatever is necessary to get what he wants. It's what makes him such a ruthless player and successful player on the basketball floor. Well, he's just taking that to another level here, and anybody who thinks that he's suddenly going to have a change of heart, or if, if they call his bluff, that he's going to go, okay, I'll just stay, I'll play hard, I'm okay. They don't know Kobe Bryant. My guest is Rick Buecher from ESPN. He's their NBA insider. Rick, how does this play out? What do you think happens? Uh, I think uh, at some point this summer, the Lakers come to realize that Kobe Bryant is not coming back. And 
I believe in some ways they are already exploring through back channels what they can possibly do and what it means and how they move forward. But, you know, part of the problem here is that the Lakers front office, and it's one of the reasons that Kobe Bryant wants out, is the Lakers front office is in disarray. Who's running the show? It's not Mitch Kupchak. He, he, everything has to be checked through Jim Buss. Well, Jim Buss has lost, at least temporarily, the confidence of Dr. Jerry Buss. So Dr. Buss is jumping back in. But who's setting the agenda? When, uh, when you have that many people involved and you don't know quite clearly whose blueprint you're following, uh, it just doesn't, it doesn't promise that they're going to move as, as expediently as they should. So I believe that Kobe Bryant will be moved before they get to training camp next year. But my sense is that it, it may happen a little bit later than would be best for the Lakers. So, Rick, Thursday, the NBA draft, it's always a busy day activity-wise. What activity do you expect to see uh, during the draft? I would expect to see as much activity as we saw last year and possibly more for a couple of reasons. One, this is a very deep, talented draft, far more so than last year. And a lot of teams are trying to get in, opposed to last year, teams were trying to get out. Two, we've had any number of very high-profile names that have been in trade discussion and are out there and available. I don't know uh, exactly how many, but I would expect at least two major names to be dealt on draft night, and I would expect at least, uh, for example, Atlanta and Boston have made a lot of noise about being in to move their picks. As much as Greg Oden and Kevin Durant are locks at one and two, uh, the, the next 10, 11 picks are, uh, are, are really a crapshoot. So, Rick, one of the great debates in sports over the last few months, uh, Kevin Pritchard, what does he do with the number one pick? Is it Odin or is it Durant? I've said Odin. We've all voted on this show. Odin, what's your vote? Uh, there's no question it's Greg Odin. I, uh, people are trying to bring up red flags on his physical. Uh, as someone said to me earlier today, when, when something looks perfect, it's natural to want to peel the onion and try to find a flaw in it, and that's essentially what's going on. It makes no sense in the world for, for Kevin Pritchard to do anything with the number one pick other than use it on Greg Oden. No, I would agree. I was at his workout uh, this week, and uh, boy, for a big man, he moves so well, and just the skills that he has. You know, it's interesting, uh, Zach Randolph and Brandon Roy, LaMarcus Aldridge, they were at the workout, and you could just see them giddy with the, yep. the potential of playing with this guy. No doubt. It remind, uh, it, it, the, the reaction reminds me a lot of when Chris Webber first joined the Warriors, and he came in in, in, a, in a workout with the team, and the passes that he made and the, the, the demonstration of his hands, you just saw Tim Hardaway, Chris Mullen, Billy Owens, those guys just lit up because they went, wow, we got a big man like this, and quite honestly, Greg Oden should be able to trump what Chris Webber does because not only does he have the hands, but uh, by all accounts, he's got the work ethic. And as you said, that agility, people don't understand the way the, the game is played today, what they ask of big men to do with the defense of three seconds. You need a quick, long big man. He, he is perfectly made to be a success 
in the NBA as the game is played today. Well, that's why it's almost unfair. You know, they do these individual workouts. His best skill, I think, is defense, and you don't get to see it very much in a, in a one-person workout. Rick, that's all the time we have. Great information from you again, as usual. Have a great week. I know you're going to be very busy with the draft, and uh, we'll catch up with you again soon. Sounds good, Brian. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. Coming up next, the owner of the Portland Trailblazers and the Seattle Seahawks, Paul Allen. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. Hi, this is Brian Berger, host of Sports Business Radio. When I'm looking for a place to have dinner with family, friends, or business associates, there's only one restaurant on my list. Morton's The Steakhouse, the best steak anywhere. In its 28th year in business, Morton serves only the finest quality foods, featuring USDA prime-age beef, fresh seafood, hand-picked produce, and decadent desserts prepared to perfection, not to mention the award-winning wine list. When my destination is Morton's, the best is always on the menu, and they treat me like a VIP during every visit, whether in the dining room or the private boardrooms. With almost 75 restaurants conveniently located around the world, Morton's is the gold standard when it comes to steakhouses. To find the Morton's nearest you or to make a reservation, go online to mortons.com. Morton's, the best steak anywhere and the official steakhouse of Sports Business Radio. This is Sports Business Radio. We are back on Sports Business Radio. And, you know, Nathan, we were talking in segment one. When I started this show three years ago with uh, my former co-host, Keith Foreman, you know, we had a list of people that we wanted to talk to on this show. There was a reason we started this show. And mainly you want to talk to the powerful decision makers, the owners, the commissioners, you know, people like David Stern, Mark Cuban. Um, I was always interested, actually, in talking to Tiger Woods' agent, Mark Steinberg. We've had a lot of those people on the show. But from day one on this show, one of the people that I wanted to get on the show was Paul Allen. A, because I worked for the Portland Trailblazers for six years, and and I won't pretend during that time that I had a close relationship with him. I probably had a few conversations with him in passing, and, you know, he wouldn't remember me. But, you know, he owns two teams. Anytime you cross paths with someone who owns two major league professional sports franchises, it's a pretty powerful person, and, and it's a rarity. So he owns the Seahawks in the NFL and the Trailblazers in the NBA. He's got the number one pick in Thursday's NBA draft. He's had the Blazers play in the finals twice. The Seahawks made it to the Super Bowl last year. Uh, interesting guy that really I wanted to catch up with for a long time. Well, yeah, he does own two teams, and like you said, he owns two teams right now. He's sitting he's sitting real pretty for an owner. The Seahawks have been very successful in the last couple of years, and now the Blazers, everyone's jumping back on board, not just with the number one pick. You got the rookie of the year in Brandon Roy, and a team that everybody can really jump on board with and start to go to games again and appreciate, unlike the Blazers maybe five, six years ago. Well, and the ironic thing that you'll hear in this interview coming up is – that Paul Allen, just 12 months ago, before the NBA draft, in interviews that he did, he was talking as if, I may not keep the team. This may not, don't read anything into me coming into the draft workouts because I may not be the owner of this team. It looked bleak. He didn't have the arena anymore. He didn't have the vital revenue streams, parkings, concessions, merchandising. He didn't have any of that stuff. He was pretty fed up with the city of Portland, and it looked like he was just going to say, I'm done with it, and dump his franchise but then along comes draft night last year the Blazers get Brandon Roy they get LaMarcus Aldridge they get some energy back into Paul Allen and to their fan base and now they have the number one pick 
boy, good thing Paul Allen didn't dump his NBA team because he would be kicking himself today if he did. Yeah, what do you, what a difference a couple of years makes. I'd be interested to see how much Paul Allen really has his hands in the Odin-Durant decision. I know he's got the experts below him that are making the decisions, but if he said, hey, you know what, I want to get Durant, I know they'd probably make it happen, but how, how involved do you think he is? Oh, I think he's pretty involved. He watches a lot of tape, but as you'll hear in this interview, he has really surrounded himself with some pretty brilliant staff members for his teams. He's got Tim Ruskell, the GM for the Seattle Seahawks, Mike Holmgren, a brilliant coach, and then here in Portland, Kevin Pritchard, one of the young up-and-coming GMs in the NBA, and Nate McMillan, a very solid coach, a great coach for his young basketball team. So I think, you know, he likes to be involved in the decisions, but I think ultimately he will let the brain trust of the Blazers and the brain trust of the Seahawks make the vital decisions for those organizations. Well, that's why you surround yourself with good people. I know you talked about some other things outside the sports arena with him. He's Most people know him for that side of Paul Allen, DreamWorks and, and Microsoft and all that. Talk a little bit about what, what some of the topics well, you guys are going to talk mean, about here. The Allen Brain Institute. They just got done doing a big mapping of the mouse brain. I mean, long story short, this is a sports business show. People don't want to hear about this, but 50 years from now, even 20 years from now, if his studies help solve Alzheimer's or autism or any brain disorders, my gosh, think about how history will reflect Paul Allen and what he was able to do. Same thing with space exploration. Imagine if, you know, all this exploration, if we get a call one day and we say, oh my gosh, there's life on another planet. You are talking about enormous historical breakthroughs that this guy has his hands on. And, uh, you know, he's an interesting, diverse guy. Sports is only a part of what he does. Well, yeah, just it sounds exhausting, everything that he's got his hands in. Owning one sports team from all the owners we've talked to is handful enough. But everything he's got going on, I don't know how he finds any time to sleep. So without further ado, my interview from earlier this week with Paul Allen. One-on-one with those making the big-time decisions that impact your sport. This is Sports Sense on Sports Business Radio. Sports Business Radio. My guest is Paul Allen. He's the chairman of the NBA's Portland Trailblazers and the NFL's Seattle Seahawks. Mr. Allen, thanks for joining me. Thank you. A lot of versions of the story of how you bought the Trailblazers back in 1988 from Larry Weinberg. I've never heard the true story. Can you take us back to 1988? I'm sure it was an exciting time and how you came to acquire the Blazers. Uh, well, I was on the, the board of a software distribution company, and uh, it was uh, around the time that the uh, the Sonics won the NBA championship, and so I became a fan of the, the Sonics. And... Um, I think I was probably talking about how much I loved NBA basketball to to another board member, and he said, "Well, I, I think that the uh, the current owner of the Trailblazers might be interested in selling." Um, so we got in touch, and it was a long that was a long negotiation. I think it was over uh, at least over a six month period, uh, and even involved in looking at an, an X ray of uh, Sam Bowie's uh, leg, which had a bunch of screws in it, because uh, we had to decide whether we were going to keep uh, Sam as a member of, or if the previous ownership was going to was going to resolve his uh, contract issues and, and let him go. So that was, a, that was a long process, but I was so incredibly uh, excited to be an NBA owner. And then fortuitously through, uh, through our draft back, to, back then, we got Buck Williams added to our nucleus of, of Clyde Drexler and Terry Potter, Jerome Kersey, Kevin Duckworth. Anyway, it all, we ended up, uh, you know, Buck became the power forward of that team, and then we were off to the races and ended up being in the finals twice. So that was, that was an exciting time for me. 
a lot of success, a lot of excitement. And then in 1997, you became one of the, the rare people out there that owned two professional sports teams. Uh, you bought the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, really, a lot of people think you saved football in Seattle. Talk about owning two sports teams. Well, uh, you know, it's it's the leagues, um, the way the leagues function and the, the games are obviously are, are there similarities and different differences. Um, I think what's being an owner of a franchise in any city is if uh, you have some success and the whole city gets behind the team and, 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 you, and you end up going to the, the championship. And I've been fortunate to have that happen twice here in, in Portland and once in Seattle. And what an unbelievable uh, feeling that is, um, you know, both for the, the players and, and for all the fans and for the city itself. So uh, that's been really rewarding for me. It, it's true that, you know, I was asked by some political uh, people and, and uh, and, and people in the community up in Seattle to, to look at owning the, at the Seahawks. We went through a process. We were able to have a, a referendum to get a new stadium built. Uh, that all worked out, and uh, it's, it's, it's really been exciting to be involved with two franchises. Do you have any desire to be involved with another franchise, uh, maybe soccer in Europe or anything along those lines? Well, I mean, if you, if you combine the number of, of NBA games and, and, and football games, you're, you're approaching, you're approaching uh, you know, you're, with playoff games in there, you're approaching 100 games a year. That's plenty for me. And there's been some kind of unusual uh, rumors out there. I've, I've looked at soccer teams, but I, but, uh, I haven't. I haven't looked at a single uh, soccer team, so there's no truth to those rumors. You know, you've really done an amazing job of assembling uh, an impressive staff, not only in Seattle with Tim Ruskell and Mike Holmgren, but here in Portland with Kevin Pritchard and Nate McMillan. Talk about your interaction with those staffs, if you would. Well, I think, uh, you know, you have to be very careful um, when you pick uh, your people that do talent evaluation and run uh, the sports side of your franchise. And uh, I think in Kevin and Tim Ruskell, um, you know, some some people have a have a great talent in evaluating players and seeing how talented they are, but they, all, they also try to instill a certain culture. They have an approach that they uh, and a goal in terms of the way the franchise uh, works, the, the, the character of the players, and all that. Both Tim and Kevin have that have that characteristic. So you got to be very careful as a, as a franchise owner to to bring in people like that. And then in terms of um, the management of the teams, uh, the financial management, Todd, Todd Lewicki, and and we're making an announcement here today. I think we've we're, we've got some really great caliber people managing the business side uh, that you know that that way and and delivering a great experience for the fans. So um, so all of those things are key ingredients to get your franchise firing on all cylinders. And, and fortunately, I think we're we're uh, in, we've been in great shape in Seattle for the last few years, and and now we're I hope we're reaching the culmination of doing that in Portland. Yeah, what a difference a year makes. Uh, a year ago, we talked about broken economic models. Today, you've got the Rose Garden back. Super excited here in Portland. Talk about the range of emotions that you've had in the last 12 months. I imagine it's pretty wide. Exactly. You know, I mean, a year ago, I um, I told um, some of the media here that, uh, you know, they, they shouldn't draw any conclusion from the fact that I was here for the draft, uh, that, that I might not end up owning the, the franchise, uh, that I might end up. Uh, selling it, but we had a great draft. Uh, we were able to do some uh, uh, things to to eventually get the Rose Garden back. So our, we're a much firmer financial footing. Uh, hopefully, the Rose Garden will will fill back up here with, you know, with our having the amazing uh, luck to get the first pick in the draft and and a draft that has a couple of 
uh, at least a couple of very, very unusually talented players in it. So we're evaluating both of those this week. So it's been a, it's been an amazing turnaround uh, from the time before the draft a year ago. So basically, to, you know, the draft was a was a kind of a harbinger that we had a year ago was a, was a harbinger of things to come. I just want to ask you a few more questions. Um, you are involved in a variety of different projects. I think they're amazing. I think you're one of the most diverse people on this planet. Um, anything from the, the Brain Institute to your space programs, what a legacy you're leaving. What's the criteria you look for to fund a project and become so passionate about a project you're involved with? Well, I think you look for something that, you know, that can affect, uh, I mean, if you're looking at things in, in science or uh, research or, you know, products like, like we did at, at at Microsoft and some of the, the web-related things we're doing now, you look for something that's going to have a positive effect uh, on the world and people are going to want to use, and, and there's, a, there's an economic model there that works. Um, so, uh, so I've been fortunate to be able, and then of course I do some philanthropic things too, so I've been fortunate to be able to um, have a bunch of opportunities to do many different things, and that's, what I, that's really what I like. I like a, uh, probably a more diverse set of, of different enterprises than than most people do, but I think it's uh, incredibly fun. And obviously sports franchises, you, you know, like any sports franchise goes through up years and, and down years. And, and uh, when you're in a down year, you got to tough it out. But when you're on the upswing and things are going um, in a positive direction and you're having success, you got to savor those too. So I, I feel like I've been fortunate to have been involved with two franchises that, that have had uh, a history of success. Last question, uh, like we just discussed, you're going to leave an amazing legacy on this planet. You fought Hodgkin's disease. You probably have a, a better appreciation for life than, than maybe some of us. When it's all said and done, what's the legacy that, that Paul Allen wants to leave? Well, I, you know, I, again, I think, you know, you, you, know, you, just, you just try to um, create things or look for opportunities to do things um, for the world at large that, that are going to make the world a better place. And I, and I certainly think... Uh, the things I've done, you know, in technology and some of my philanthropic things, um, that's been true. And I, I hope as, as, a, as an owner of a sports franchise, um, you, you want to do something that, that the, the community, you know, have a franchise that the community can feel extremely proud of. You can have a, a winning tradition. Um, and and it just, it, but personally, of course, it's just so exciting to be involved with a team that's 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 doing well and as as I said before is on the upswing. So it's it's a mix of those a mix of those things and uh, I, I just feel very fortunate to uh, to be in the to have been in the position to to have such a wide range of interest and and be able to do such positive things. Guests appearing during our Sports Sense segment will be treated to the gold standard of all steakhouses, Morton's the Steakhouse, the best steak anywhere. For the Morton's nearest you, go online to mortons.com. We are coming right back with our final segment right here on Sports Business Radio. Hi, this is Brian Berger, host of Sports Business Radio. When I'm looking for custom fit fine clothing and personal service to match, I call my friend Brian Tacker with the Tom James Company. Tom James' highly trained sales professionals like Brian Tacker come directly to your home or office saving you valuable time. Brian plans and coordinates my wardrobe so I am perfectly attired for any situation, whether it's a TV interview, a press conference, or a fundraiser. The Tom James Company offers over 500 suit fabrics and 250 shirt fabrics, and they carry all the accessories you'll need, from belts and ties to shoes and socks. The Tom James Company has been in business for over 40 years, and 80% of their business is generated from repeat customers. Call Brian Tacker today at 
888-789-7956 or find his information at sportsbusinessradio.com. Brian Tacker and the Tom James Company, the official fine clothing partner of Sports Business Radio. The website is sportsbusinessradio.com. Well, Sony has inked an endorsement deal with NASCAR driver Dale Earnhardt Jr. Earnhardt is going to primarily hawk high-definition products for Sony. He's going to join Peyton Manning and Michelle Wee as Sony's primary endorsers, Nathan. Well, if we might not be around that much longer if she doesn't start winning some tournaments. They might drop her off, and it might just be Earnhardt up there. Yeah, it's kind of like, what's wrong with that picture? Dale Earnhardt Jr. has won races, even though he hasn't won for a while. Peyton Manning wins the Super Bowl. Michelle Wee, she's never won anything. Nothing. uh, Yeah, she better win some events pretty quick. Uh, Great to catch up with Paul Allen. You know, it's just a rare opportunity you get to talk to someone like that. He happened to be in Portland this week to watch the Greg Oden and Kevin Durant workouts. He was kind enough to take a few minutes and and chat with me. I really appreciate him doing that. Anytime you can tap into a mind like that, even if it's for a few minutes, it's really an amazing experience. Well, speaking of the number one pick, I heard him mention the name Sam Bowie, and we'll never forget that, so I'm sure they're paying extra close attention this time not to pass on the right guy. So, Nathan, one of the greatest debates in sports this year. Odin or Durant, Thursday, the NBA draft. If you're the Trailblazers, what do you do? That's a no-brainer. You take Odin. Okay. Uh, Bobby, our producer, Odin or Durant? Well, since I will be finding out who they pick before everybody else does because I will be standing outside the war room for another job of mine, I'm going to say they're going to go with Odin. Okay. I am also, we're going to make it a unanimous decision here on Sports Business Radio. I'm going to say Greg Odin. I think you can't pass up on his talent. It's not often that big men with his skill level come along. But also, he has shown, as we said earlier in the show, he is very marketable. He signed a deal with Nike. They saw that marketability. He's got a great personality. He's engaging in interviews. He's got this blog thing going. I think he's a guy you can build your brand around as well as a guy that you can really depend on to perform for the next 10 or 15 years on the court. Well, lots of thank yous, Paul Allen, the chairman of the uh, NBA's Portland Trailblazers, the NFL's Seattle Seahawks, Rick Buecher from ESPN, our show staff, Nathan Roach, Bobby Corser, Josh Blank, Darren Peck, Ron Barr, James Harris, and Doug Zanger. Our sponsors, Morton's The Steakhouse, the Warsaw Sports Marketing Center at the University of Oregon, and Brian Tacker with the Tom James Company. A podcast reminder, you can catch us anytime you want on demand. Just go to sportsbusinessradio.com and click on the podcast page. Make sure to check out our newly designed site. Well, it's going to be an exciting week ahead. We are going to be all over Thursday's NBA draft. We'll have lots to talk to you about when we talk to you next weekend right here on Sports Business Radio. Thanks for joining us and have a great week. Sports Business Radio talks to the people who call the shots in the world of sports. Robert Sarver, the owner of the Phoenix Suns. When people come to a Suns game, what kind of an experience do you want it to be for them? We want them to be entertained from the time they walk in to the time they leave. The co-owner of the Sacramento Kings, Gavin Maloof. Gavin, thanks for joining me. My pleasure, Brian. How are you? Dr. Miles Brand, the president of the NCAA. Sports Business Radio. That's why you're a smart business person. (laughs) Or at sportsbusinessradio.com.